What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at thepeterplank.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at thepeterplank, at jyarko underscore bucks, and at dh82 underscore bucks. On today's episode, we are going to be discussing the sixth annual charity event that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be hosting on Monday and dive into some of your Twitter questions. But first off, David, um, I owe you an apology. I was wrong on Monday's episode. I congratulated the Boston Celtics on reaching the NBA Finals, which they did not in one of the ugliest basketball games I've ever seen in my life. But yet again, LeBron uh, is able to defeat five people by himself because not a single player on the Cavs team could shoot a basketball. So I know you're all excited for game one tonight. I will take the Warriors by 17. Um, yeah, that's gonna, it's going to be a bloodbath. LeBron will win one of these games by himself. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. So a gentleman's sweep, I think that's what they call that. Uh, well, the, the gentleman's sweep is you lose the first one and then you win the next four. That could happen. So it, it, I doubt it gets, it's a uh, golden state's home court advantage, right? Yeah. Yeah. The cows will win like game three, maybe, maybe game four to stave off elimination. And it, it's just going to be ugly. And then LeBron's going to leave. He's going to go to Houston. Uh, you know, so zero zero factual basis and a lot of things have to happen or make it happen. But I would kind of be curious to see if there's a way he he ends up in Oklahoma City. Oh, oh God, I would hate that. <laughs> and real quick before we get into Buccaneers talk, my buddy had a great theory. And it's mm-hmm. it's out there. This is like major conspiracy theory. LeBron and Kyrie were in on this whole trade Kyrie thing together. And the Celtics trade Kyrie for Kawhi Leonard. And then LeBron signs with San Antonio as a free agent. So the two of them team back up together for Coach Pop. Whoa. That would be interesting. It would be. I would I would start actually paying attention again because basketball's boring to me now. And it's funny because I have a friend who is a Cleveland Cavaliers fan because he's from Cleveland. And He's also a Spurs fan because he spent a very good part of his military career in San Antonio. So, you know, the only sports team in, in town and a pro sports team anyway. So he saw he went to a lot of Spurs games. So he's also a Spurs fan. So that would actually make him very happy. It's, um, a lot of uh, a lot of drama will be coming up very soon after the NBA finals are over. But we are here to talk about our beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know some of you are big into basketball. Some of you don't care and you want us to just dive right into it. So the the biggest news really coming out of one buck place uh, heading into the weekend is that on Monday, June 4th, the day after my birthday, <laughs> um, the Buccaneers are going to be hosting their sixth annual cut for a cure. And for those of you that don't know what that is, the Buccaneers bring in children you know the people from the the national pediatric cancer foundation there's children who have either defeated or are still currently battling cancer and they get up on the stage at at one buck and they cut or dye buccaneers players and staff members hair and it's all to raise money to go towards pediatric cancer research and in the previous five years now the buccaneers have raised more than one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars to go towards the pediatric cancer foundation and 
<clears throat> general manager Jason Light issued a challenge to his team that if they can raise $100,000 this year, he will get his head shaved. So you know they're pushing for that. The The team captains for this event are Gerald McCoy, Levante David, and newcomer Bo Allen, which I think is really cool that Bo, Bo and his family um, well, I shouldn't say that. Bo has has really he he's really ingrained himself very quickly into the Tampa community, as has Ryan Jensen and his family. Um, you know, they've been going to to lightning games and very interactive on Twitter and and a lot of fun. So they're really just kind of molding themselves as part of this Tampa Bay community, which I find to be completely fantastic. And then other players that are going to be supporting the cause. Of course, Jameis Winston, and then there will also be Mike Evans, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brait, Ali Marpet, Donovan Smith, and Will Golston. And then, of course, David, we all saw the challenge laid out on Twitter that Jason Light, Bo Allen, and PewterReport.com will all chip in $500 each if Trevor Sykema shaves off the man bun. So here's the big question. Is Trevor going to keep his beloved man bun that he loves so much and deny children with cancer $1,500 to go towards research to help them? Or will he shave it off? What do you think? He's going to shave it off. I think so, too. It'll, it'll grow back. He'll be yeah, all right. It's going to take a long time. It is, but he'll be all right. I'm also wondering... <clears throat> With as fantastic as Bo Allen's hair is, is he going to shave his, or is he going to be one of the players that dyes his hair orange? I think he'll probably dye it orange. That's probably why he's a captain, because then if anybody asks him why he didn't shave his head, he'd be like, oh, I'm a captain for this, and I dyed my hair. I'm good. He did enough. But you never know. Uh, he's already a redhead, so it's almost like cheating. That's true, too. Maybe uh, someone needs to call him out on that on Twitter and get him to shave it. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'll reach out to him on Twitter when we're done recording and we're going to, we're going to discuss this, but of course people can, uh, find out more information about everything that's going on at a HTTP colon slash slash events dot faster cure dot org slash go to slash bucks. And we will put that link in the show notes. You guys can make your donations. Uh, in fact, make your donations and screenshot it and send it to at Tampa Bay Trey and be like, I donated money for you to shave the man bun and just continue to really put the pressure on. But do you have any any memorable moments off the top of your head regarding the um, the cut for a cure that the Buccaneers do? No, not off the top of my head. I just I think it's a great event all around, and I think that it's it's really cool. I mean, I know it's it's pretty it's popular, you know, for sports personalities and for organizations to to get out there and do something. But I mean, they don't have to go to the lengths that they do. You know, uh, th- those are things that they kind of come up with themselves or whoever their people are that help them come up with these ideas. So it's just kind of cool to see. You know, it's it's a slow news period and and all that stuff. Fortunately, there's not a whole lot of scandal going on right now around the league. So, uh, well, other than the the stuff that's been going on, but. Uh, you know, so it's really good to see guys who who have 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 worked their way up and and kind of have it better, quote unquote, than some people reach out and and really try to make a difference within the the community and in such a a noble cause. 
Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I just, I, one of the moments that sticks out to me was, I believe it was two years ago and the, the representatives from the pediatric cancer foundation were presented with the, with the big check and, and all that. And Gerald McCoy came over and said, no, we can do better and donated $10,000 right there of his own money to go towards the cause. And I thought that was a really cool moment uh, for, for not only him, but, but for those kids that were in attendance. So it'll be fun to see. And you know, it'll be, it'll be live streaming on Twitter from various media members. And I'm sure the Buccaneer social media team will have a live stream going. So yeah, that's always, it's always a great cause. And of course that takes place on Monday, June 4th, the staff, let me get this right. The staff will be getting their haircut at one. And then at two o'clock is when the player haircuts will begin. David, before we get over to our Twitter question, we have a message from our good friends over at Blue Chew. So guys, you remember the days when you were always, you know, ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you already know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're way cheaper than your pharmacy prices. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. You visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you pay just $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. So big shout out to our friends over at BlueChew.com, promo code Locked on david i know you had some twitter questions sent over so why don't you go ahead and uh and hit us with i can't remember the gentleman's name but i know he had a good question yeah so jake wolf uh hit us up on twitter at rws wolfman 182 uh and he had had a couple questions they sent that we're gonna we're gonna address all at one time and and basically what he's asking is how hot we think mike smith's seat is going to be or is entering the season and whether or not it's possible, Jason Light stays with the organization, even if Dirk Cutter were to get fired after the season. Okay, well, <clears throat> addressing part one, how hot is Mike Smith's seat? Um, well, hot. Very, very hot. If the defense does not improve and perform after all the additions that Jason Light has made to help boost the pass rush and the front line of this defense, what else is there to say? Like, you bring in a new defensive line coach. You completely overhaul your defensive line. You bring in a multi-Pro Bowl defensive end in Jason Pierre-Paul. You spend your top draft pick on a defensive tackle. 
you bring in Vinnie Curry, you bring in Bo Allen, you bring in Mitch Unright. You still have Noah Spence coming back from injury. You still have Will Golston, who was one of the best run stoppers on this team. All, all being led now by Brenson Buckner. If this defense does not improve and actually make stops, it's not, again, and I've said it before on, on a, a few shows, it's no longer a talent problem. It's a coaching problem. If this team cannot improve off of last year. As for Jason Light, he's done everything he can do. You know, you can't fix every single position in one offseason, but he has completely overhauled the biggest glaring need on this team, which was the defensive line, the the pressure on the quarterback, the ability to stop the run, the ability to get off the field on third downs. That has been addressed. Yes, there's still a need at safety. They're hoping Jordan Whitehead pans out, but, you know, again, you can't fix everything in one offseason. They've addressed running back, the biggest glaring need on the offense. They fortified the offensive line by Jason Light going out and getting Ryan Jensen and moving Ali Marpet back to guard to give Jameis some protection, open up running lanes for Ronald Jones or Peyton Barber or Jacquez Rogers. Jason Light has done everything you can expect for him to do. He inherited a dumpster fire of a team and lovey smith didn't help matters by bringing in his old bears cast off cast offs so if the team underperforms if they go six and ten if they go seven and nine there's too much talent on this team to look at that as being acceptable but jason light has done his job he has brought in loads of talent he has drafted well he has structured their contracts in a way that they're not in cap hell and they're not going to end up losing these key guys like Quan Alexander and Mike Evans and Jameis Winston because of cap issues like we've seen in New Orleans where they were having to basically fire sale everything just to get under the cap. So if they have an, a, a poor season, I don't think Jason Light is out the door. You know, it falls on the responsibility of the coaches. The GM sets up the players. It's up to the coaches to coach them. It's up to the players to perform. But Jason Light, you you can't ask for much more out of a general manager than what Jason Light has given you. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree. I mean, we had we had this conversation kind of leading towards the end of last year when there was still some speculation as to whether Dirk Cutter would be coming back or, you know, when all the John Gruden stuff was going on and everything like that. And I'm going to start where you finished with Jason Light and really what it boils down to, you know, from from my perspective, which I don't own the Buccaneers, so take it for what it's worth. But when you when you have a team that's struggling, you have a combination of things going on, but you either have sure that's devoid of talent or that's void of talent or you have a up or you have basically you have a, a team that's just not talented. There's the coaches aren't getting uh, that team to overperform what the, what they really are, and that, that to me that's how you kind of go about making these decisions. If you if you feel like you have a talented roster, then there's no reason outside of like making a statement, right, to to fire your general manager because the general manager's job is to construct the roster and put it, put the players in, in place and and all that. It's it's the coach's jobs to get the the performance out of the potential of the players and, and to even get them performing at an even higher level. So 
I mean, I, I think everybody to like nobody looks at the Buccaneers roster and says, man, that roster sucks. Like, uh, who would want to coach that team and, and, you know, so on and so forth. And the additions that they had this year through free agency, through the draft, the players that they got rid of, or, you know, the, some of them that they let walk, some of them that they let walk weren't necessarily bad guys. They just, they weren't working out the way the Buccaneers needed them to. So it was time to move on. Um, and some of the players they got rid of, you know, it, it's what we like to call addition by subtraction. Like, you instantly make your team better by getting rid of that guy. And they've done some of that, and Jason Light's been able to do some of that. And like you said, this team is set up so well. They have such a young nucleus of of, of great talent that year by year is getting better. Even Jameis Winston with all the struggles and so on, like as as a quarterback, as a passer, he even got better last year in some very key areas that you need to see your quarterback get better in despite the injury. So very young nucleus, very talented nucleus, and the the cap space is not a concern. Like if you look at the numbers today and just say, man, here's their roster, man, here's our cap space going to next year, you would probably have a panic attack. But you, when you really dive into the numbers, look at the contracts, look at the situations moving forward that Jason Light has to maneuver in, there's more than a Buccaneers to bring back the guys they need to bring back. It may mean that you know certain players that fans like are going to have to walk away, but the long-term future of the team is going to be secured. They're going to have a talented roster for years to come, and that's what your general manager is there for. So if if there's a problem with this team, it's not in talent acquisition and evaluation. It's in the execution, and the general manager doesn't come up with the game plans, doesn't call the plays, doesn't have anything to do with that stuff. That's all on the coaching staff. Um, going on to the coaching staff, uh, I think the entire coach and Buckner, just because this is his first season, is in a, a very bad situation. It's it's essentially winner go home time, right? It's uh, it's an elimination game, whatever you want to call it. the The Tampa Bay Buccaneers absolutely have to get better on the field than they have been uh, than they were last year, and even than they were the year before. We went over. The, the 2016 season and we kind of kind of missed led to some misdirection and misconception of what this team really was and if the coaching staff doesn't find a way to get this roster to come together then it's going to be it's going to be over for them they're, they're going to be looking for new jobs next year and that's just probably going to be you know that's just nature of the business i don't think they're going to get another pass this season because the, the ownership's already given them a pass. They kind of blamed the injuries and said, well, you know, we had a lot of injuries. We had some key players get hurt early and often. And, da, da, da. and I don't necessarily disagree with that. But in the NFL, we've seen over and over again with ownership groups that they're only going to make those excuses with you and for you once. You're not going to just continue to come back and say, oh, well, we had, you know, more injuries happening and so on and so forth because – at a certain time, it's just it's there's got to be a better product on the field, and that's what you're you're paid to do. Um, and I think Jason Light did a really good job this offseason of giving the coaches everything they need to be able to produce that. Because what we saw last year, right? I know you hit on the defensive line, but staying there, uh, we saw early injuries to the defensive line, and we saw almost an absolute zero available uh, availability of depth players, and it just everything went to crap from there. Well. There's, I mean, you may not have a deeper defensive line in the National Football League as we sit today with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, you look at Noah Spence. Noah Spence is almost, I think, one of our guys. I don't, was it you? Somebody on the on the website wrote like, "Don't forget about Noah Spence." 
because nobody's talking about Noah Spence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this is a guy who this time last year, everybody's like, oh man, he's got Pro Bowl potential. He might be the best thing the Bucks had, you know, since sliced bread. I don't know, but and now this year, it's it's all about everybody else. So that's your depth as a guy who coming into last season was looking at becoming a really big part of this defense. So you you have all that in place. Um, so like I said, that just kind of takes away even more, unless like seven guys on the defensive line, knock on wood, get hurt. There are no excuses this year. And honestly, right. I'm going to take this to a different level and, and this is where I might get crazy, but let's say the Buccaneers go 10 and six, let's say they go nine and seven, even. And like, it's a really strong nine and seven. I know that sounds weird, but like, let's say you're nine and seven and like three of those losses were by a field goal or a fluke turnover or fluke something. You know what I mean? Where you could still say, well, this team was good. They're just they, some of the breaks didn't go their way. There's a possibility, like Dirk Cutter gets retained. There's a possibility, you know, a lot of the coach staff gets gets retained. But let's say that the Buccaneers defense, the defensive line, does really well. is is much improved. A lot to do with the players. A lot to do with the coaching. But the secondary still struggles. If the secondary still struggles with an improved defensive line and with a healthy linebacking core, Mike Smith might be gone anyway. Because yeah. everybody's already talking about Buckner being a future defensive coordinator. A, a lot of players, a lot of media, a lot of people who know him have already said, this guy is a future defensive coordinator. Well, if his unit does really well and the entirety of the defense still overall struggles, especially the secondary, the back half of it, there's a possibility that knowing that Buckner could be lured away by another team to be a defensive coordinator, that they go ahead and pull the string on Mike Smith and make Buckner the next defensive coordinator. I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying it's it's something that's kind of out there. So as far as Mike Smith's seat being hot, I mean, I think that sucker is boiling. It's to the point, like I said, where this team could even be successful this year and he still might be out of a job next year. Well, and, and something to keep in mind, you know, let's, let's plant this seat early on. Um, the most, I would say, well-decorated, uh, most popular overall best player to tweet out that Buckner is a future defensive coordinator slash head coach after the hire was made was Tyron Matthew, who plays a position that the Buccaneers have a big need for, who is playing on a one-year contract with the Houston Texans. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. All right. Well, let's. We're gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and throw out one more Twitter question. <clears throat> uh, we we were flooded <clears throat> with questions from our good friend at Greco Suave, and he said, mm-hmm. "Feel free to break some of these up. Uh, you know, throughout the the off season." And David, we have a few more minutes, so we're gonna throw out a fun non Buccaneers related one. And since you're finally caught up, pretty much for the most part, <laughs> we're gonna throw this one out. Greco Suave asks, which Marvel superhero has the coolest costume, the most powerful costume, and the worst costume in every way? Hulk might have the simplest, but I'm not telling him that. <laughs> so let's go ahead and start. Uh, who do you say has the coolest? The coolest costume. I'm going to go with Black Panther. Okay, I I won't argue that one. That's because, that that is a pretty sweet one. Yeah, like I just I dig the bulletproof. I dig the the accents. I guess you want to call it that. Um, and I don't know, like the fact that this just the, the entire suit comes out of like I don't know what is that like a tooth necklace? Like it's just it's cool. 
Um, coolest costume. I'm going to go with Iron Spider. Yeah, that new Spider-Man suit that he got for. Oh, spoiler alert for those that haven't Uh-oh. seen Infinity War. It's been out um, long enough. It's okay. It's been out. It's been out for a minute. Um, but yeah, the the Iron Man style Spider-Man suit where he gets the the extra legs. That thing's just awesome. I absolutely loved that. Um, I I definitely say that's the the coolest. What about most powerful? Most powerful, I think, has to be Iron Man. Right, yeah. I mean, like it's literally not like it's nothing but power. Like every piece of it is powered by something. Uh, like, yeah. And I, I definitely would have named him coolest costume, but I didn't want to award him both. Um, yeah, same here. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, he's got suits coming out of hoodies. He's got suits coming out of watches. Yeah, he's all over the place. But when you're a, a what's the line that he uses? Billionaire, playboy. Uh, scientist, philanthropist, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can create that kind of stuff. But yeah, I would definitely say he has the most powerful. All right, what's your worst costume? And I know I'm going to disagree with you on it. It's the bow and arrow guy. I don't even take the time to learn his Hawkeye? name. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know his name. Oh, how dare you? He's 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 Katniss Everdeen. Okay, oh. like, is that that's her name, right? The the Hunger Games. Oh, Hunger girl. Games. Yeah. That's, oh, that's that's him. No, that's him. Listen, we had this discussion in uh age of ultron right so see i have the the benefit of having just all seen all of these in like the last two months so all of right. this is so fresh in my head in age of ultron i'm sitting there watching it with my son and my wife because they both decided to take on this insane task uh so for those of you who don't know i watched every single movie leading up to infinity war in like the last 45 days uh and then i went and watched infinity war so anyway and my, and my son and my wife did it with me because they're just as crazy as i am but um in Age of Ultron, like the scene where, uh, what is the scene? I'm trying to think of the setup where Vision Vision is with, I want to say, I don't know, he's with one of the female characters, and he comes in, bow and arrow guy. I don't even take the time to learn his name. So bow and arrow Hawk guy comes I. in to break her out of of his captivity because he's basically protecting oh, that's, her. But that's she Civil War. Oh, the Civil War. We're my bad. So in Civil yeah, War. When- when, yeah, uh, Vision is taking care of Scarlet Witch. There you go. So he's taking care of her. And do you happen to notice? Sidebar: the girl that plays Scarlet Witch is Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's little sister. Did you know that? I had no idea. Now that I've mentioned it, you're going to see it in her face. But I had Probably. no idea until I read it somewhere, and then I looked at her again. I'm like, oh my god, she does look like a healthy version of one of the Olsen twins. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. So in that scene, right, he comes in uh, and he hunger games vision. And so the dude pulls out uh, an arrow from his quill, like his magic quill or whatever that just randomly generates arrows and he's whatever um, and fires one. Right. So that's cool. Whatever. And then he pulls out another one and literally to make this guy look cool. Okay. He pulls in the second arrow out and he literally swirls it around his head twice before firing it that's what he does that's what the directors had him do to make his character look cool Hawkeye's so that's phenomenal. what you have to do okay and if you don't believe me go back and watch it you're gonna see I've, it and you're I've never gonna be able to unsee War. it it's gonna be like the fedex oh, logo you're never gonna unsee times. that thing he literally takes an arrow out of his quill backpack and circles it around his head twice before shooting it because that's how badass that guy is 
Good. I have no problems with it. A cartoon fox can do what he does. Oh God, you are terrible. Take absolutely and I like terrible. That actor, take. I really like that actor too, which sucks for me because pretty much everything done I enjoy. But yeah, uh, bow and arrow guy doesn't do it for me. I'm a big had, Hawkeye fan. I had zero zero problems with him not being in Infinity War. So, spoiler alert. Ugh. No, the uh, I can't even remember exactly how he phrased it. Now you've you've gone on such a tangent. Uh, oh, worst costume in every way. Um, I have uh, I have a tie, and it's the twins. It's uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Like yeah. they don't have they don't have a costume. Like they don't Quicksilver, have, yeah, wear clothes. Quicksilver wears like a silver yoga unitard kind of whatever. And then Scarlet Witch has a brown leather jacket. Like, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the worst costume. But, man, your Hawkeye take is terrible. False. It's the best take you've ever had. Hawkeye is fantastic. No. Well, agree to disagree. But... Thank you, Greco, for sending in the questions. See, we like we like questions like that too. You know, we'll we'll cover our Buccaneers, but during this slow season, there's not a whole lot going on. Send it, send in any random question that you want to, just like that one. Like we're sitting here breaking down Marvel Marvel costumes. You know, it's just fun to fun to chat about. So, you know, send us in your Buccaneers questions, your Buccaneers theories, your your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations. But at the same time ask us whatever you want. You know, it's, it's your show too. We're here for you without you guys. We wouldn't be taking time out of our, you know, whatever evening it is to, to record a show for you guys. So we appreciate all the interaction. We appreciate all the questions and please make sure you're still sending those in. So David, we anything else? Answers too. I want to know their answers. Like if you're listening oh, yeah. to this and you have Twitter tweet at either the Peter plank or at the locked on Buccaneers uh, Twitter page. I want to know what you're I want to hear your answers. And I'm okay if Chef takes your side because you're both Michael Jordan homers. We're not homers. We're realists. There's you're, a difference. You're brainwashed. There's a difference between a realist and a homer. You're brainwashed. No, we just have fully functioning eyeballs. Michael Jordan with this Cavaliers team loses to the Celtics in six. No way. Yeah. Michael no, Jordan never had a teammate average over 20 points in a playoff series. But LeBron has. <gasps> not Snap. in this one, he didn't. No, not in this one, but he has. Jordan never did. I'm not, you know what? I'm not actually on like the whole LeBron bandwagon where it's like, oh, he's never had any help because he has had help. Oh, for um, sure. However, this year in the playoffs, he's he has not zero help. much help. Um, he's He gets Corver every now and again, catches fire, but. Yeah, he's yeah. he's not getting a lot of help. The fact that he got them to the finals is a miracle in and of itself. Right. Well, I'm pretty sure Courtney Kardashian provided more to help LeBron James than anybody on the court did for the Cavaliers. That's pretty brutal. So, all right. Well, speaking of the Cavaliers, we'll go ahead and call this an episode. I know you have a game that you want to get watching here in about 10 minutes again. Uh, give me the Warriors by 17 tonight. But until then, 
Uh, hope everybody enjoys their Friday. Hope everybody enjoys their weekend. Make sure that you are following everything that we are doing over at thepewterplank.com and make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at thepewterplank, at jarco underscore bucks, and at dh82 underscore bucks. And make sure that you're sending in your responses to Greco Suave's question. Let us know <clears throat> which Marvel superhero you think has the coolest costume, the most powerful costume, and the worst costume. And make sure to let at dh82 underscore bucks know how awful his Hawkeye take is. So with that, hope you all have a wonderful weekend and thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.